Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And today we are going to do our first listener submission. Which Big day. Big day for the pod. This is this is groundbreaking. Uh-huh. We're trailblazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a innovating. Pod, I don't know if a podcast has done something like this before. I don't even know how many other people have podcasts. It's just just the medium in itself is so right. Uh, you know, it's ground. You know, like you said it. You said it already. It's groundbreaking. It's trailblazing. It's right. What we're do- I th- I feel like we are the Lucas Films of podcasts. I think. I- I'd agree with you. We record. Might be biased. We record from what 3,000 miles away yeah uh, at least I don't, I don't know maybe five we're taking user submissions mm-hmm we're playing music and you hear us talk exactly that's pretty big the production quality is insane you're probably wondering how we got the rights to this uh well, I, well don't say that because because now this is gonna get taken down because we absolutely didn't <laughs> get the rights damn <laughs> uh to Pine Grove. Pine Grove. Uh, Marigold is the record. Mm-hmm. I believe that to be their a f- newest release. I believe that to be a flower. Yeah, you know, fun fact, separate from Pine Grove, uh, Nirvana had a song called Marigold, uh, which I believe Dave Grohl sang on. So in the early years of the Foo Fighters, people would always uh, request the Foo Fighters would play Marigold, um, and they never would, but eventually they would. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a, a podcast about Pine Grove, but a, mm-hmm. a fun, quick Foo Fighters story is mm-hmm. that uh, what's the uh, what's the song with the Mentos? Uh, Big Me. Big Me. So they used to play Big Me all the time, and mm-hmm. people would throw Mentos at Dave Grohl. Uh-huh. And so he was like, "I'm we're done. I'm not playing that song anymore." People are throwing fucking rolls of Mentos at me, and it sucks. Uh-huh. And I hate it. So they go 10 years and they don't play that song. And then recently, yeah. within the last five years or so, they decide that they're going to play it live. And he's like, there's no mm-hmm. way somebody throws a roll of Mentos at me. There's no right. way anybody's prepared. They play it and somebody threw a thing of Mentos at him. He fucking lost his mind. Damn. That's funny. That, I really like that song. though. That's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's oddly different from yeah. what Foo Fighters would end up becoming. But this isn't an episode about the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an episode about... It really is. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, a- as we said, this was uh, it was a submission by Anthony. Did we say that yet on, on the actual episode? Uh, no, today? we said it uh, last episode, I believe. Gotcha. So Anthony, um, our, you know, our boy, Mastro Marino, I believe is his last name. I wasn't gonna say coolest it. coolest last name. I, yeah, I wasn't gonna say it because I did. I straight up didn't know how to pronounce it, and I didn't want to yeah. look dumb. You're right. <laughs> I, I think it's actually yeah pretty straightforward, but the Master of the Sea, you know, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, so he gave us this album. Uh, I've been aware of Pine Grove for a while. Um, never really listened. I think I'd heard it like on, you know, other people like posting about their their albums coming out or whatever. I dig it. Yeah, I I can agree. I very much dig it. I didn't know. So I read like the you know the genre tag mm-hmm. and a little bit about like what was to be expected and i was right. like there's no way i'm gonna like this record uh-huh uh, even the way that anthony kind of described it to me uh-huh. he was like you know it's like an indie album uh he was like you're not gonna you're probably not gonna be super into it because of how it is and uh-huh like again like last episode we were like take we took a moment to be like we're not just hardcore kids I think this is uh-huh. a very good example of us both liking something that's more on the indie side of things. 
Yeah, very much so. Uh, but what I was finding was these are just like these were just emo ballads. Mm. Mm. It's very much what totally. I, I found them to be. They were just like acoustic, kind of like ballady, like kind of like sad sounding, but in like a like an upbeat kind of way. Yeah, uh, very much so. It was like the. It's like if uh, Mumford and Sons was emo and sucked less. <laughs> totally. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, one thing one thing I, I, I kind of wrote down is, uh, you know, I've had I have had a little uh, case of the blues lately. And, um, yeah, something about this album, you know, feels really nice and comforting where it's it's kind of it's kind of sad or something, which and has a little bit of comfort to it. But also it is like upbeat enough where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, th- that's OK. Things are things are OK. So, uh I thought that was cool where usually I, I'd kind of listen to something like this and I'd be like, or I guess not because I do just like it, but I would think I'd listen to something if you described this to me and I'd be like, eh, that's kind of too bummery or too sad or mellow for me, but I, I, I really enjoy uh, what's going on here. Right, yeah, this was, it's very mellow. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not like driving or anything. It's just very like, it's there, super chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a slide guitar a couple of times, and I was like, "Yeah, there is." Dude. Wow. Uh huh. Very like really well executed. Um, yeah, very tasteful. Very tasteful. This is like, it's like almost. It's like, it's like the parts of country that are like good. Like yeah, like country music, like uh-huh. uh, like not like eighties nineties country, mm-hmm. not like whatever the new stuff is that's going on right now. Right, not pop country, but alt country, or maybe what event used to be just regular country, but like the you know talking about genre tags and stuff. Um, one of the genre tags of this band is alt country, which. Uh, yeah, at first I was kind of like, the, you know, he has just like a little twang to his voice, and I was kind of like, oh yeah, a little folksy, huh? And then the slide guitar came in, and I was like, oh, it's straight up, like they're not, they're not hiding the, the country aspect, they're, right? You know, they're like they're they, going for it. They made a choice, mm-hmm. and are executing well. Yeah, I also think... I feel like the go ahead, go for it. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, the the twang, you know. Uh, mixed with the emo kind of makes me think of like a rocket to the moon or a main type thing where like it like it it feels uh yeah just familiar in that way and i want to go more on that idea in a bit but what were you gonna say first so i i was actually gonna mention something really similar this is i feel like this is uh this is a more well executed version of like what Nick Santino tried to do after a rocket to the moon, uh-huh. like what some of the guys in the main tried to do. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like twangy, like country thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. This, I think, what it really boils down to is, I find this to be a very uh, genuine version yeah. of that. I think it's very earnest. It's not like he's trying on a character or something. Right. It feels very like 
He's yeah. Like, yeah, he's not putting on like a mask. Like this is this is the type of music that this person would produce if they like mm-hmm. if they were like, oh, I'm gonna write something straight from the chest. Yeah. And put it out there. This is uh-huh. this is how it happened. Yeah. He wrote this on an acoustic guitar sitting on the edge of his bed. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and th- there's something very, like, uh, just, like, production and mix-wise, too. Very, like, natural-sounding. Like, very, there's a lot of room to breathe. Uh, like, the way the drums are recorded and stuff feel, like, very, like, roomy and just kind of comfortable-sounding. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll dive in later to more background stuff, but... Uh, uh, this album and I think a couple other releases of theirs were recorded in like a, a farmhouse that they all live in that the band lives in. I did read a little bit about that. They like were yeah. looking for like a farmhouse or something to uh-huh to like kind of live and record in. Yeah, so um, I, that you know that definitely lends to the to the natural feel of the album. Yeah, the I think. A genre like this or like just like kind of what they're doing lends itself Mm -hmm. more to like a natural recording yeah because like there's not like the drums don't have to like fight through something or like the bass doesn't have to fight through yeah like it's not like dual channel guitars like ripping driving like Uh uh-huh they can kind of just like there's one guitar there's a bass playing and the drummer can just Mm -hmm. kind of play and then like right it can be like recorded very well but it, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be eq'd like a crazy amount so that like stuff got right. in certain places and it so it like you get that like feeling that it's just kind of like some dudes playing in like a living room yeah i feel like i don't know their the their methods of recording but like i wouldn't be surprised to hear that this is like a a live recording bass for a song that they like that they dubbed like slide on or whatever like even that could be like um you know i i it, it sounds very like uh it does sound like just people playing together like it doesn't sound like heavily produced and like stressed over kind of thing yeah it's uh i agree i i also wouldn't be surprised if this was just like they all sat in a room plugged in all their instruments to like an interface or something mm-hmm. and just like kind of like had at it yeah totally did like a a quick recording um, right this this album does a really good job at utilizing uh textures too Mm. like extra textures like tambourines and jingle bells and mm-hmm. uh, like a banjo a couple of times a mandolin right. here and there a slide some guitar. little added flavors yeah like I think and then like they definitely don't uh, stray away from using like electric guitars and stuff like, right. like some of these songs do have like a kind of like a tiny moving parts kind of like Mm-hmm. Like math rocky feel. Yeah. I feel like there's something there where, and, you know, kind of like how we were saying in like the Power Trip episode where like it feels like metal, but it's like, uh, like more than just like metalheads are listening to it. It's like, and I don't know if that's just like the, the people who are making it, like where this kid comes from musically, but 
for some reason, this, I would not call this pop punk, you know? Um, yeah, no way. But I think, you know, like all of our friends who are, you know, once the enthusiastic pop punk kids um, are very into this type of thing. Yeah. And it's really like, accessible. I don't Yeah. And like, I feel like there, one time, like a few years ago, I was just thinking of like, you know, if I think of pop punk right now, I still think of like the newest, like really contributing force. I think of like the story so far to be like, oh, that's what's pop punk now. I now it that's but that them that's like years ago that they set that that's almost ten years ago that Under Soil and Dirt came out, which is insane. But I don't know what pop punk is now, really, unless it's there's people doing the same thing. But for some reason, like something like this. I feel like those fans gravitate to this type of thing or like a, a turnover or something. But even that, that's completely different. But whatever, for whatever reason, that like we're, we're here now. You know yeah, what I mean? There's been like a paradigm shift for the fans of stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, people aren't really listening to stuff out of that genre anymore. Or like a lot mm-hmm. of those fans have like kind of moved into something like this or like you said like turnover or like <laughs> just more like overtly emo music yeah like instead of the whole so what I would call that like uh, 2010 to 2015 16 kind of yeah. pop punk I would call uh-huh. that like sad boy pop punk Right. You you mentioned that a couple episodes ago, and I think that is an unfortunate title, but I think it is sort of representative of uh, what's what's uh, how that movement is being titled. Right. Like, so they took they took pop punk or what what it was at the Mm -hmm. time, and they were just like, all right, let's just make this sad now. Like pop punk Uh used to be about like friends and hanging out with your team and your dudes uh-huh. and your bros <laughs> and your tribe and your tribe <laughs> and you would just open a thesaurus <laughs> and find like <laughs> like how many versions of the word like friend you could find mm-hmm. and it was like about like just positivity and then like yeah then it just got sad uh-huh then it was just like all right now we're now we're emo bands uh-huh framed as pop punk bands and that's uh-huh. what I think that was. And then what I think people gained from that was they were like, oh, one of the bigger aspects of what this is that I really enjoy is mm-hmm. the fact that, like, it's just sad. It's like, <laughs> like with some of those songs, you could just go, you could, like, walk into your room and basically uh-huh. like hit a button that says, like, I'd like to be sad now. <laughs> right. I'd like to commence crying now. I'd like to be all up in my feelings now, preferably. Uh huh. And and also, I could stand to two step at some point too. Right. Like like I'd like to be like, oh, this is good, and I like can head bob kind of fast. Hmm. But um. Yeah. And also, I, if you're going through something that you will just cry though. Yeah. It like that's a trigger. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> It's like uh, when you have to sneeze and you look at the light, kind of yeah. thing. That's like mm-hmm. you like you like want to cry, but you have like no real reason to. 
So you like uh-huh. you like listen to uh, like daughters or something by the yeah. story so far. You're just like, yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but what I was getting at is, I feel like people that were into the, like that scene mm-hmm. can really relate to like how ballady and terribly sad a lot of the, this album is uh-huh it's just like yeah there's a, it's it, almost kind of reactionary as like a oh man i've had a lot of that one thing uh, let's let's switch it up and, and go this direction with it now it's kind of, i feel like uh you know in a to put it shortly is kind of just like an oversaturation of a scene and then like a all right let's find some other stuff here right a lot of those kids moved either into stuff like this or like started listening to like Touche Amore and like Pianos Become mm-hmm. the Teeth. Like, yeah, totally. Law Dispute. All those. Um, but yeah. Oh, I just got to a part in the album where mm-hmm. there's a piano. Yep. Such a fantastic use of the instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like mirroring the guitar part. I think I'm on the same part. Yeah, it sounds sounds very nice. That uh, this album does a very good job of sounding like large too, mm. with like yeah. very few instruments. It's like it's like kind of not like loud, but like you know yeah, I mean? big though. Yeah, yeah. I I get what you're like saying. Like grand, like grandiose almost. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how like. You know, again, I'm not entirely sure their recording process, but from what I gathered, it it seems pretty organic and just like they're in their own space and they're recording themselves kind of thing. Um, and it's so crazy to me when when people can like self-record such a big and clean sounding album like this, where like, you know, if you think of like bedroom recording or DIY, like I always just think of like you know terribly blown out lo-fi like or really fake sounding you know garage bandy kind of stuff but like this sounds like a very like just a natural like anybody could listen to it and like take it seriously through the production and uh if they are doing it themselves that's that's you know really cool honestly incredible if they are um well we're coming to we're approaching like the 20 minute mark so it's mm-hmm. time for our brand new segment introduced last episode. Uh, what did I call it? I don't know if you made a title, but uh, it's the Wikipedia part, really. Yeah, I'm just going to call it the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia part. part. Um, I'd love if that's the same. <laughs> It'd be funny if, <laughs> if you just like took you saying that from the last episode and you just layered it. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. Um, also, bef- right, right before we da- really dive in, I really like this song too. Phase, I think is uh, you know should should be on right now in, in, on the episode. Uh, and if there were a more pop punk song, it, I think it's kind of this one. This one's a little bit more upbeat and stuff. Yeah, it's got a very uh, it's got like kind of an upbeat thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Pine Grove Wiki. Ooh, yeah. Got this open. Setting a timer for 15. Right. It's going to be a pretty wild ride here. You know, I already took some notes on the Wikipedia. 
Um, so, you know, Pine Grove is an American rock band formed in Montclair, New Jersey in 2010. Uh, and from, you know, from, from this article, from what I am reading, it's mainly two guys. Um, Evan Stevens Hall and drummer Zach Levine. And it seems like they've met as kids. Like when they were like seven years old, their dads were in a cover band together. Um, and they've played music together the forever, which is a really nice thing. I think that's uh, really cool. Yeah, it's really cool to have just see like two friends making music together. Uh, yeah. One interesting fact, the singer was born in the 80s, technically. What? 1989. Dang. He's he's 30 years old. Um, oh, but that makes a lot of sense. They're, so they are or were signed to uh, Run For Cover Records. Mm. The record that we are talking about currently was not. That was released on Rough Trade. More on that later. Um, but yeah, uh, is run run, run for, for cover? Is that Boston? Uh, I think so. Yeah, Boston. they really remind me of Massachusetts for some reason. There's something about them that, like, I don't know if it's the way that the music is making me feel, or like that. Uh, at one point, I feel like a lot of people in Massachusetts got pretty into country. Yeah, but um, I I just can picture being in like, uh you know some some farmy type road either i was thinking right when i first started that sentence like in like western mass where it's all farmy and stuff like amherst kind of area yep but uh really kind of just any any back road in massachusetts uh yeah um it's really it's actually really interesting to me that these guys are from new jersey Mm, if you showed somebody this and you were like where are these guys from (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't read as New Jersey. No, this uh, uh, this really reads as like a uh, a Nashville, a Tennessee, a Kentucky, <laughs> right? Type band. Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Run for Cover is a a Boston label. Cool. They signed uh, acts you may know, such as previously featured on the podcast. Super Haven or Super Heaven? Who knows? Uh, it's Super Heaven, but I always call okay. them the wrong thing. Uh, All right. I believe they did Citizen as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. And to round it out, Basement. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. But yeah, one thing that I'm I kind of forgot to mention uh, at the beginning of this recording is I think this is the first album released in 2020 that we've done yeah that yes this this was released in 2020 yeah a couple weeks ago which is we're, we're right on it I, that's, right on the cusp of uh, it's actually pretty pretty impressive for us, if i do say so myself yeah i think i think i have a couple new releases planned uh, coming up to, to to give you i think uh i really think pine grove owes us money i really do <laughs> Yeah, we broke them. I think we gave them their break. I think they really, they really should pony up some of that cash. I think. Yeah, I want some cash for this, honestly. Um, I think they're good for it. Probably. Um. um <laughs> so, just to, uh, I, 
I have, like I said, I have a couple notes on the Wikipedia. I'm not like necessarily reading down it, but um, one other thing I thought was was interesting. One, one quick one is so the band name comes from a nature preserve where uh, the singer went to college. There was a like an area, like a nature preserve with a group of pine trees that people called Pine Grove, um, and he would go there and like hang out and like zen out and stuff. So he thought it was a significant. Um, and I, you know, like I said, they met as kids. One other cool thing uh, that I read on the Wikipedia is on the day of Trump's inauguration, they released a live album uh, to which they gave all the proceeds to uh, to a charity. I didn't write down the charity, but you know, they're uh, they, they're woke like that. So very woke of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that he was. Uh... They named it after uh, trees or some shit, right? Yeah, some some shit like that. Uh, so, I was going to save these for later, but I asked Anthony to send me some of his thoughts about the album. Sure, sure, sure. One of his thoughts were, uh, maybe he talks about animals too much. <laughs> and that's fair. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I didn't really... I haven't really been listening to the lyrics uh, uh-huh. like that hard yet to th- to know about yeah yeah the uh, but, the amount of content about animals, but it would make sense with the whole nature preserve college thing. Yeah, and you know, coming from a from a fan, I think uh, I would call Anthony a, an expert on that front. Right, a fan of ours or a fan of theirs? Uh, a fan of Pine Groves because he's familiar with them and their lyrics. Right, as we are not. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, uh, they also did the thing where they put out like a a collection, an anthology album, yeah, of, of their early work, um, which you know kind of ends up bringing us to, to like 2016. They have an album called Cardinal, um, which seems to be their big one. You know, like kind of like I was saying, or I wasn't really saying this, but there's something about this band where you know I think pop punk kids or you know whoever whatever kind of people we are identify with this but also there's like a broader kind of <clears throat> appeal where like on the playlist at my work where uh you know we don't have any any warp tour music uh, as we as we've come to call it right of course but there is a pine grove song from their album cardinal called uh, old friend which seems like that was their first big single uh, so that's kind of maybe one of the first places I really listened to them was on my work playlist, that song, Old Friend. Um, but then, and I I was kind of wondering if I really wanted to talk about this, but I, I feel like we sh- should. So they come out with an album in 2016. They got that really big single. They're doing really well on all fronts. There's all sorts of, you know websites and magazines or whoever kind of talking about them and saying that they're really big they're catching a lot of ground and stuff then uh, let me try to get my dates right I think it's the end of 2017 they were about to put out an album called Skylight when the singer releases a vague and puzzling and upsetting Facebook statement saying he's been nailed for not nailed we won't use language like that that he's um dealing with a case of him being um accused of sexual coercion 
is how he worded it, which I think is, um, uh, I, I maybe I'm not going to do the story perfect justice because I'm not super familiar with it. And the article that I read that covered it the most kind of like reverse engineered this. But basically what happened was he had a relationship with a girl who I believe was dating somebody else at the time. And it seems like there was no like physical sexual assault, but in hindsight, the girl looked at the relationship and thought she was taken advantage of and that he convinced her to leave her boyfriend or cheat on her boyfriend and convinced her to have sex with him in in some sort of context. So then, and then this girl talks to this um, uh, therapist or supposed therapist of from a group called Punk Talks. And then the woman from Punk Talk like uh, basically breaks this story where this is like at the height of Me Too, uh, fall 2017. And, you know, I think coming from a good place, she decides to, you know, kind of tip off a festival that Pine Grove is playing at and like other bands that they're about to tour with and is like, hey, this guy is not cool. He took advantage of this girl, stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> and then anyway, it seems like the the girl who he had a relationship with said that she wanted him to make a statement. She didn't want to be named. She didn't want any details to come out, but she wanted them, she wanted Pine Grove to take a year off so he could go to therapy. Um, but then it kind of seems like the therapist really like kind of took advantage of the situation to like almost like a vendetta sort of sense and right you know like i said i don't, I don't want to use like too harsh of language because you know it's, it's important to support this type of stuff and even the band has come out and said like you know they, they want to be on the right side of this kind of issue but really it kind of feels like a couple people like just felt a little too empowered about the situation and it was handled very poorly um Anyway, there was no clarification about this whole incident for like a full year. Um, and like fans of the band were basically like, you know, oh, this band is bad. This guy made a statement saying he took advantage of somebody and didn't clarify at all because the girl didn't want him to clarify. Um, and then anyway, uh, whatever, whatever happens, I think that the singer is also very like, oh man, like, I didn't want to take advantage of anybody, so I'm gonna like do my part and try to be responsible here. But in hindsight, everybody handled this situation poorly. He made like a poorly worded statement. And I don't think it's as bad as the fans believed at the time. Anyway, Skylight gets released uh, kind of recently, I think. They, like, they shelved the album. They canceled all their tours at kind of the height of their powers in a way, which is a bummer. And, uh, yeah, then um, and then this album came out. So it looks like Skylight. Oh, Skylight came out February 2019, um, and then this one came out January this year. So uh, there's all that. It's really interesting that you bring it up, and that was uh, it was very succinct. I think you did a cool. I think you did a fantastic job at. Well, I thank you at uh, bringing it up in a in a responsible way. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, and not talking entirely out of turn. Now, if I mm-hmm. tried to do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be some people angry with me because yep. I would have misspoke a lot. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm gonna... Thank you for doing it. Also... Okay, cool. The other thing that Anthony said was... Um, well, if you want to really dig up something kind of interesting, I'm pretty sure the lead singer almost got canceled a few years ago for uh, assaulting somebody or something. Mm-hmm. I'm a little fuzzy on the deets, is what he said. Yeah. There was a really good article on... Um, I, maybe, maybe it was Pitchfork or Stereo Gum. If you Google it, there it was a, it was a good article. It was a long... It was not a long read. I read it in like 20 minutes, but that you know feels kind of like kind of a while. Uh, but for the, for the full lowdown... But I think, ultimately, I think that he's a good guy. I think everybody involved with the band is, you know, um, on the up and up. So I, I think they're, they're okay in my book and in, in a lot of their fans' books, too. It seems like they, you know, like I said about, like, that inauguration kind of thing. Like, you know, they're, they're, doing, they're doing good in that world of, um, you know, charities and, and good causes and supporting victims and stuff yeah like may, like maybe they handled the situation properly yeah almost to a fault right uh so that will conclude the wiki part of the podcast right now uh, the way that I'm, I'm gonna stop qualifying and say what i'm listening to because i think it should just line up correctly but Marigold is just a ring out track, basically. Yeah. Are you noticing that, or did you notice that? Yeah, like and the like, first minute or so is like music, but then the rest of it is just like ambient. Uh-huh. Yeah, just like kind of one chord, kind of just plucking and strumming every once in a while. And like yesterday, I was listening to this album at work, and like, uh, you know, I think there was people that were coming in throughout the album, but that felt like normal. And then like this one couple walked in right at the first strum basically of this song and it's six minutes of one chord Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this well it's gonna break into this i'm not gonna like skip it like i felt like it was boring for somebody to just walk in the store to one chord and i was like i'm just gonna let it run i think it's gonna turn into a song at some point it doesn't no i like what it is but yeah it was funny that it just kind of was like six minutes of like uh ambience and I was like, geez, they probably think it's a hippie store or something. Uh, yeah. So I think just to reiterate a couple of things about the album, mm-hmm. um, I really, like, I liked it. Very much yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it's it. It's a good listen. This is a very good, um, as I would call it, a uh, good headphone listen. Mm. Uh, and not the kind of headphones that you're thinking, like, don't just stick some earbuds in and have a ride at it really get some like new no. over-the-ear headphones cancel everything mm-hmm. out yeah and just have like a sit just feel it you know and just feel listen it out to it the way i listened mm-hmm. to it was in my i was like talking about it was like bullshit and earbuds but i have these noise canceling bose earbuds that i mm-hmm. used to use when i used to work on cars to cut db and not destroy my ears and listen to something very responsible of you listen to something quietly while i use a a big loud machine in my hands Mm -hmm. uh but i listen to it on those and that cancels everything out in like a quiet room Mm. especially yeah yeah yeah. so you can only hear the music and it was Mm -hmm. it was weird normally i can't listen to a whole album with 
uh, earbuds in like that that seal because mm. it makes start you start to feel like, a little crazy. Yeah, you start feeling like sealed off. But yeah, this works really well just because uh, of how much we've mentioned that it's like spacey and like airy. Yeah, it totally. It doesn't sound like compressed and it's not like beating your eardrums, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got a lot of room to breathe with it. So I would call this a, a, a headphone listen. I don't know if I'd bump this in the car. I might fall asleep and crash. Um, I think it's a good, like, uh, car windows down summer day kind of, right. you know? You're tr- a relaxing Sunday drive type uh, type album. Yeah, maybe. maybe you know, the in, weather breaks in spring. Maybe, like, where you are, like, in Hawaii, like, kind of windows down, like, roll by the beach. But generally, mm-hmm. where I live in uh, southern Massachusetts, where you hail from, uh, yeah. during the summer months, if it seems nice to drive with your windows down until there's like a trash truck in front of you, and like there's just like crackheads uh-huh. just like sitting on the curb, like drive by a dump, like screaming at each other, and then you like, <laughs> then you like drive by a five-family home that's next to a cemetery across the street from a Seven-Eleven that like should be closed. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a dollar store across the street that's been a dollar store, a Rite Aid, a CVS, a Brooks, and a mini yeah. Walmart, a, a restaurant at one point or another. So like Chinese food place. So like yeah, maybe it's cool for like palm trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, for anybody that lives in my area, I would I'd say roll them up. I'd say, <laughs> say keep those windows nice and rolled up. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Uh, um. <laughs> One thing that I uh, I also a couple you know to to kill my notes as I like to do at the end of the episodes, I've seen a tweet going around recently that says, "Do you wear a flannel in a pop punk kind of way or in a yeehaw kind of way?" <laughs> this one works for both. <laughs> um, that's killer. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> my note says flannel jokes. I'm I'm glad it went over. Uh, uh, this would to, be to such a, uh, a reaction. I'll post with this if I remember. I'll make a meme that's. Have you ever seen the sweating guy with two red buttons meme? Uh, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a guy like wipe, the cartoon. Yeah, it's a guy wiping sweat from his face, and then there's two buttons. Uh-huh. It would be yeah. uh, uh, the guy wiping his face, deciding which way to wear your flannel, and then it says "Yeehaw" or "Pop Punk" on the buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would good. That would be the meme. Yep, I like it. Could maybe some use some workshopping, but for the most part, I like where your head's at. I think. Um, I think I'm just a. <laughs> I'd say the Jerry Seinfeld of of our age, but. Wow. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, <laughs> so one <laughs> one of my other notes was um, about how when I went to Massachusetts this summer, Nick Gunter was wearing a, a Pine Grove hat, um, and it's a. Uh, dad hat right you know with their uh, cardinals album logo on it like a two squares intertwined um and i just remember that not really has nothing to do with the band but i just thought like it's so funny how like you know we've we've ironically s- s- came back to these hats maybe not ironic it is a good hat so you know it's a standard hat shape i'm wearing one right now it's just a hat but uh that we call them dad hats and that's like a maybe even a joke in a, in a sense but now Nick Gunter has that hat, and I, you know, I'd say he's gonna keep wearing that hat into fatherhood. 
Probably. And then his kids will look at that and they'll be like, oh man, my dad's lame hat. And it's like just a weird kind of, uh, I, I don't really know how to put it, but uh, just a, a continuation of the, the stereotype in a sense. Or how like, I wear shorts that are kind of high above my knee. And like, you know, when we were kids, that was lame. That was like, a, oh, geez, that's like a dad move. Like a, yeah, I don't want to have... Put, put those thighs don't away, don't want to have shorts above the knees. Right, you can't show your knees, dude. But now now that's us. Uh, as, as easy as that. My Simple thighs that. are too short. I can never find shorts that uh, actually do the short, short things on me. Uh, yeah, I, you're more of a torso guy. Yeah, I got a lot of torso going on. I, I tried to buy... Uh, some seven-inch inseam shorts, which are supposed to be mm. the, yeah, the yeah. right above the knee or right on the knee shorts. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. Yeah, those are unfortunately are falling right below the knee for me. <laughs> if I you have a three-inch thigh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> have you seen it? Like, look at that thigh, bro. It's very short. It's short. I don't. <laughs> I got really That's long. That's funny, dude. I'm, I make up for it in the shin is where I make up for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But That's yeah. Funny. Uh, so this was a user-submitted episode, right? Mm-hmm. Or a listener-submitted yep. episode. Uh, if you would like to hear us talk about an album that you like that maybe we don't know or maybe we do know, but you just want to hear what we think about it, I don't know why you ever would, but... Maybe you do. Uh-huh. Uh, you can talk to me on Instagram. You can talk to Eric on Instagram. You can talk to either of us on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Facebook isn't really a good mode of talking to me. Don't use anymore. Facebook. No. Probably if you're still using Facebook for anything other than like looking at baby pictures, delete it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Facebook is the LinkedIn of people who never left their hometown. Um, but so yeah, you know, hit us up with another album to do, Ray Five Stars, you know, all that stuff. Next week, I'm giving. Well, this week, I'm giving Eric the 1975 by the 1975 to listen to. Ooh, which uh, I cleared. To be totally honest, I cleared that with him beforehand because I wasn't sure if that's something he'd listen to yet. Yeah, some, sometimes, you know, I was going to wait a while to bring this up, but sometimes we do that. Sometimes we kind of clear it ahead of time. Sometimes we check. Sometimes, well, because sometimes you have to. We we have a very similar, yeah. very similar music very taste. True. Very true. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. So this has been the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast. Uh, I've been Andrew. I've been Eric. Uh, and to all a good night. See you later. Safe drives. <laughs>